We declare that we're thankful for um, where we're walking in this morning, not knowing um, where each of our hearts are, that um, you have each of them in the palm of your hand, that whether we just came through something, whether we're going something through something now, financial things, family stuff, job stuff, whatever it is, Father, that we were once dead in sin and now we're alive in you. And so um, that trumps all the things that we're dealing with. And so I'm um, Help us do that this morning, that uh, whatever it is on our mind um, will be not quite as painful, maybe, or, or joyful also. Um, whatever it is, Father, we're giving it to you, and we're praising your name. The one that rescued our soul, the one who welcomed us home. Uh, Father, we praise your name.
good morning. Good morning, good morning. If you pass the friendship folders, we have a, a really exciting list of things to highlight this morning. Really excited that you're here, that we have an opportunity to gather together to just say, hey, Jesus, you're number one. Amen? Amen. This is an interactive time. You guys can talk. It's okay. Are we excited about what God's going to do this morning? Amen. Yeah, we're excited. I just want to say that if you're new with us, please stop by the Next Steps area as you leave. We would love to just talk with you, hear your story, and I think they have something free to give you. I know they have something free to give you, which is always good. And so please stop by and and just connect with us. Even if you're just passing through this weekend, we just would love to hear your story. Coming up on June 15th, we are really excited about this. June 15th is going to be our June Jamboree. Free tickets are available on our website. This is going to be a great, a great event. And I have been twice, once on staff, once before, and both times, great experience. And so this year, we're going to have some more inflatables for the older kids, which is always a good thing. But please do me a favor and sign up to go as a family. And also, please consider strongly serving. And here's a great opportunity to, to say, hey, these are people in our communities that come. They come to these events five years in a row, won't even step foot in a church. And we have an opportunity to, to to show them a little bit about who we are. And you have an opportunity, whether you're going to help out with hospitality, with parking cars, making popcorn, or helping kids, you know, get on and off the inflatables. All those are opportunities we have to just love on our community. So please talk to Jenny Hoffman, who is doing a phenomenal job at this. Please thank God for Jenny. She's just killing it. Yep. Yep. And, uh, so she would love nothing more than to talk with you and get you plugged in. So please stop by at the June Jamboree table as you leave. Also, a week before that, on June 3rd, is our interest meeting for VBS. This year our theme is Amped, and we're going to talk more about that, but I want to get that on your calendars. June 3rd, 12-15, right after the second service, we're going to have an info interest meeting right in here. Get you signed up to serve and just hear more about it. We're really excited about that as well. Remember, the car cruise is every Tuesday, 5 to 9. How Brining is asking for more cookies. Not for him, for the people. <laughs> so make sure that you, if, if you can uh, bake cookies, buy cookies, bring them up to the church and bring them to the office and we'll get those set aside. But we've had 100, over 100 cars. I think one week they had 120 plus cars. This is a great opportunity to reach our community too. So if you have a nice car, bring it on up and uh, we'd love to connect with you too. On May 26th, so coming up next weekend, is the Walk for the Homeless. Talk to Roger Metcalf. Sign up on the Light of Life website, and this is a great opportunity to just walk and raise awareness and and raise funds uh, to reach the homeless in our community and in our city of Pittsburgh. Lots of stuff. And uh, what's exciting is that God's just on the move. And so these church doors, like, almost never shut. It's exciting, and it's humbling. And so um, we're really excited to have Chuck as our our guest speaker this morning. We're going to continue our series and hashtag goals talking about joy. And the last two services have just been on fire. So really excited to see how God's going to move this service and just see what he's going to do in everybody. So as Asher's coming forward for our morning offering, um, again, just excited that our mission here at Crossroads is to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Our lives have been changed by Jesus, flipped upside down, turned around all kinds of different places. And we want more people to have that experience, to have purpose, to have meaning in this life. to say to God, hey, I don't feel it today, but I know that you've rescued my soul and, you're, and you've called me home. And so I can respond to that no matter what I feel. Woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Finances are low. Marriage is not doing well. Maybe the family doesn't look the best or whatever. But I can say to God, like, you've rescued my soul and I can have joy because of that, even though this may not show it. So as we go before the Lord now in prayer, we give to see more people's lives rescued.
Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for rescuing us, for, for, for coming after us, for kicking those walls down of our heart. God, for not looking at any of us differently, but God, knowing that we are so unique and so just different and we have different issues and we see things differently. Some of us are more organized. Some of us are more kind of fly by the seat of our pants. Some are more in the middle. Some are, God, just so uh, just into details and very rational. And some of us are more feelers. God, it doesn't matter. The gospel is the gospel. The good news is that we are dead in our sins and because of Jesus, we are alive. No matter what we look like, no matter what our past is, no matter what's happening now, no matter what we will do, God, you, because of Jesus Christ, only see us for what you've done on the cross, not for what we do. And so we are just so thankful we get that on the table. And God, we want to see more people's lives transformed by Jesus Christ. That's why we give. That's why we can have joy because we have been rescued. And we know that a changed life changes lives. And there are so many changed lives in this room and even some that you're going to change this weekend. So we're excited. You're on the move. Thank you for loving us, for saving us, and for giving us a purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Get up.
stand up and sing this? In awe of you, Lord, who gave it all. that's true we believe in that so father thank you for the ability to come here and praise your name whatever that looks like whatever we're going through just like luke said that we can triumph just like you did over the grave because we know that you've conquered it all so father we're in awe of you may we never lose our wonder for who you are soften our hearts so we hear your word we love you and thank you in jesus name amen
Hashtag goals. Um, I told the first service that uh, when I was a young person, when I was uh, in my teens, I always wanted to dance like that. And I went down in my basement and practiced and practiced, and I never did it. <laughs> I, I hurt myself more than I impressed myself. <laughs> but uh, I tried. Uh, for many of you here today, I, I don't know if you were here or not last week, we started a new series, Hashtag Goals, uh, The Fruit of the Spirit. And last week, Pastor Ken talked about the, the, the first topic, love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And he asked me to continue that on uh, uh, this week in his absence at his daughter's graduation. So we're going to actually start, um, and we're going to look at our text that we're going to be looking at for the next several weeks. And we'll be here for uh, uh, many weeks now. And it's Galatians 5, 22, 23. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. That's an interesting statement where he says, against such there is no law. Why, why does he make a statement after he talks about the fruit of the Spirit? Against such there is no law. Well, if you would go back and you would read in Galatia, Galatians 1, chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, you would see there was, there was a debate that was going on. And the Apostle Paul, obviously, like many things, he had strong feelings. And on the in, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, addressed some of that debate. And the debate was um, not the question of how we're saved. Uh, we know that we are saved by grace and faith in Jesus Christ. And that's how the Galatian church was saved. That's how we are saved. But what ended up happening is after their salvation... They went back to a list, the, the Ten Commandments, the rules of the Old Testament, the traditions. So Paul was like, wait a second, you were not saved by the list, the law. You were not saved by these things. You were saved by faith. Now all of a sudden, as soon as I taught you that you weren't saved by, by, by works, by the law, you were saved by faith, you received Christ in faith, you were saved. Now you, now you go right back into the list, following the list of the rules, the do's and the don'ts. And he's saying, that, that, is, that is not how believers walk. So the question is, if we're not going to walk and live by a list, how do we go about walking and living in our daily life? And so he addresses that in the verses prior to this. In Galatians 5.13, I'll start there. These are the verses just prior to the fruit of the Spirit. And look what he says. There's a couple verses here. He says, For you, brethren, talking about the believing Galatian church, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. Next verse. And this is where we're going to stay a little bit. 
He says, and this answers the question, how do we live? How do we live after we receive Christ as our Savior? By faith, and we are saved by grace. How do we live? He says, verse 16, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Let's pray for a moment. Dear God, I just thank you um, for your word. I thank you that um, you guide us. You don't leave us wondering uh, about how we're to live. Uh, but you provide to us instruction. And Lord, I thank you for that. And I just pray that all minds of the the body here today, that it would be open and that your word would do its work, uh, whether it's um, salvation or encouragement or hope or joy, whatever it may be. I just pray that uh, your work would be accomplished here um, through this sermon. And I just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So he says, walk in the Spirit. What does that mean, walk in the Spirit? So to understand what it means to walk in the Spirit, you have to understand what the Spirit does. The the ministry of the Holy Spirit to believers. And that word ministry just means vocation. What What is the Holy Spirit's job or vocation or ministry to believers when it comes to us walking in the Spirit? Now, if you want to understand the Holy Spirit and dive into some teaching on the Holy Spirit, three of the best chapters to do that are John chapters 14, 15, and 16. Those are known as the upper room discourse. And in John chapters 14 through 16, that upper room discourse, that's the Last Supper. I think many of us have seen that picture of Jesus in the middle, and they're all at that last supper, and Jesus is serving them and teaching them. Now, that lesson that he taught them, that whether you want to call it a Bible study or a Sunday school lesson, uh, it's in a manuscript in John chapters 14, 15, and 16. And those were his last words to, to them before he went and died on the cross and was risen again. And he taught them a lot of things during that time. But one of the things that he taught them a lot about in those three chapters was the ministry of the Holy Spirit to believers, what his his role would be. And in John chapters 14, it's interesting, there's two things I want to note here today that Jesus taught at that Last Supper about the Spirit, and it goes to the direct point of walking in the Spirit. First of all, he said, when someone receives Christ, when, when they, by faith, receive Christ, Jesus said, what will happen? And what he taught, he said, I, Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, he will make his abode in you. So the day that I receive Christ, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in, believe in my heart that he rose from the dead. The day that I did that, The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, made his home in me. Somewhere somewhere in all of this, can't show it to you, but somewhere in all of this, this, this vessel is the Holy Spirit. And what Jesus also taught in that same section of teaching, he made an interesting statement and he prayed. He said, and this is Jesus talking, he said, I will pray to the Father and he will send you 
another comforter. And he referred to the Holy Spirit as a comforter. You're, you're um, in John chapters 14 through 16, you might have a translation that says advisor, counselor, helper. But when you dive down into, that, into the Greek word there, it, it's paraclete or parakletos. And what that meant was when they saw that word, a paraclete or a parakletos was someone who came alongside of someone, very close. The proximity is, is important. And also to help with a difficult task. That's what Jesus said. I will pray to the Father and he will send you someone who will come alongside closely and help with a difficult task. And he will be like me. In the next statement, he says, and he will abide with you forever. He'll never leave. He'll never leave. He will be in you, the spirit of the living God. He will stay close to you. He will help you with a hard task. And he will stay there forever. Forever. That's what Jesus taught. That's not my opinion. That. If you, if you want to read it, John chapters 14, 15, 16. Sit down and read it one day. Imagine you're at, there at the Last Supper hearing Jesus' teaching before he died. Just read it. So it's interesting. So he says, walk in the Spirit. I love the fact that he uses the term walk in the Spirit. He doesn't say stand. Because life isn't motionless. My, life, what? Marches on. It moves forward. You can't stand. It, it moves forward. But I like the fact that he doesn't say run in the spirit. He could have said easily said run in the spirit. When I think of running, and I love to run. You might not believe it by looking at me, but I run a lot. I love to run. I do. I ran twice last week. I love getting, getting up early in the morning, going to South Park and running that uh, three to four miles there. I just absolutely love it. But when I think of running... I think of exhaustion, fatigue. Um, and what, Jesus, what the Apostle Paul says is here is we are to walk in the Spirit. We're to stay close with Him. And He will stay close with us forever. So we spend time with Him. We get close to Him in His Word. We get close to Him in our prayer time. And we follow his leading as he leads our spirit, as he put holy compulsions on us to serve and move forward or, or to witness or, or to share or extend kindness. As we walk closely with him, he will stay with us forever. I like the fact that he, he uses the term walk because we all walk at different paces. At lunchtime, I walk with some young people and we, we, we have a nice fast stride. But a few weeks ago, uh, my son graduated from the University of Pittsburgh, and I took my mom. And my mom had uh, lung cancer about eight years ago, I had part of her lung removed, and she's 75. And um, she walks slowly. But you know what I did? I planned for that. The graduation didn't start to four o'clock. I said, I'm picking you up at two, because... I know it's going to take some time. And you know how fast we walked there? Well, we didn't walk <laughs> there. But when we parked the car, we walked. 
but it was okay. We were moving forward. We were going to get to the ceremony and where we were supposed to go on time. And if I'm smart enough to plan that event, how much more is God smart enough to plan your life? He's going to get you to where you're going. He knows how fast you can walk. He knows how slow you can walk from a spiritual standpoint, symbolic standpoint. And he's going to stay close and help you with a hard task. That's what he's going to do because he's the paraclete. He's the paracletos. So we just need to stay close to him and walk with him and talk with him and spend time with him. And guess what? The list takes care of itself. Um, I have a friend. And we, we run together. We used to run together a lot. He's about 10 years younger than me and about 20 years lighter than me. And it, it's a challenge for me to run with him. And then sometimes what would happen is I wasn't running fast enough. So... He's like, oh, I'm just going to run up this hill, run down this alley, run down the street, and then I'll meet you, run back, and I'll meet you at the top of the hill. So we'd be running, but guess what? He left me all by myself. And he, he, he would say, that motivates me. Okay? That didn't motivate me, being out there all by myself, running, just feeling like, Okay, I'm a slug. <laughs> and you know what we could do? You know what we couldn't do when he was when he wasn't there? We couldn't talk. We couldn't talk about what was going on. We couldn't talk about our families. But the spirit stays close. It and if if we walk with the spirit, he 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 knows by what pace we move. He knows by what pace we move. And he stays with us. But he's saying, walk with the Spirit. Stay with me. Stay close to me. Pastor Ken talked about last week. He said, he, he used the term, he took us to John uh, near that same passage of the Upper Room Discourse, how he said, abide with me, abide in me, stay with me, stay close to me. So we stay close to him. We don't keep this list in our pocket of do's and don'ts because the list takes care of itself as we walk with him. And when we walk with him and we are close to him, what springs out of that, of that relationship, that closeness, what springs out, what flows out of that is the fruit of the Spirit. And Pastor Ken talked about love last week because the fruit of the Spirit is love. And then the next one was joy. And so that's the one he asked me to speak about today, joy. And I wanted to kind of talk about joy a little bit because joy, is, joy can be challenging. Life's hard, right? It's, you know, difficult things happen. There's family challenges. There's work challenges, relationship challenges, health challenges. Uh, life, life can suck the joy right out of you. So what does the Bible teach and Jesus teach about joy? If we're to, if we're to understand and have the, have the fruit of the Spirit, joy, what does the Bible teach about joy? 
One of the things that I like, and I think is a misconception by most Christians, next, next verse, please. This is a teaching of Jesus about joy. Look what he says in John chapters 15. He says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. It may surprise you. It may surprise you that God cares about your joy. Your joy is important to him. In fact, he wants you to be full of joy. I've grown up in the church probably, I've been going to a Baptist church for 50 years, probably around that. I'm 54, started very young, and I've, I've, I've learned a lot of teaching on joy. I've heard of a lot of teaching on joy. Some of it good and some of it bad. And I think there's this conception that, hey, God doesn't care about our joy. And Jesus said, I care about your joy. I want it to be full. You may have a translation. If you're looking in John chapter 15, it talks about being complete. When I think of full um, or empty, many times I think of, um, um, I am a big fan of chocolate-covered almonds. I love chocolate-covered almonds. And I'm going somewhere with this. And when I go to the movies and I want to treat myself to something sweet, not popcorn, something sweet, I get the chocolate-covered almonds. And I buy that box of chocolate-covered almonds. You know how big that box is? It's about this big, right? Do you know how many chocolate-covered almonds are in that box? About eight. (laughs) You open that box up, what? It's about an eighth full. And I feel like, and I have felt like this in my own life too. That was my joy. Like God has in my life room for all this joy. But yet I'm not full. Why am I not full? Why am I? But you have to understand, you have to know that he cares about your joy. He wants it to be full. And one of the reasons why, next verse please. Joy is so important. We're going to jump back a thousand years in the book of Psalms to King David. And he writes about joy here. And King David got himself in some trouble. He, 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 he made some bad uh, choices, um, hurt his family, hurt others. And his family, um, chal- he had family challenges from that time on. And he, was, he had a rough time. And he wanted revival and restoration in his life. And look what he, this is a prayer that King Daniel has a thousand years before Christ comes. And look what he says. He says, this is his prayer. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me in your generous spirit. You're going to start to see there's this connection between the spirit and joy. The spirit. The Spirit's presence and proximity and joy. You're going to see that as we move forward. But look what he says in verse 13. He says, then I will teach transgressors your ways. This is uh, King David talking. And sinners shall be converted to you. When people see the joy that we have when we're walking in the Spirit, people, the world is attracted to it. They're like, 
They have something I don't have. I can't find it. You know, the world thinks, oh, there's, there's joy in certain pleasures. We know what they are. I don't have to go through the list of everything. But it's temporal. But when they see our joy, when they see, there, there's an attraction to it. And we, and we can be a, a vessel as we exhibit the joy, the fruit of the Spirit, joy. When we are filled up, we suddenly can impact other people's lives and, and be a part of bringing them to Christ. And as a result, as a result, the wicked one knows that. And what he will attempt to do is to steal your joy. He might not be able to take your soul because you've trusted in Christ and you are secure in the Father. And no one will snatch him, snatch you out of his hand. But what he will attempt to do through your life events, and life is hard. We, you know, I, I could go through my list. You could go through your list. We all, we all can come to the conclusion, life is hard. There are things that are hard. But, but, when we walk in the Spirit, the joy that we exude can be attractive to the other people who don't know him. So the wicked one will attack your joy. I think of, there was a story of, of a man, young man named uh, Desmond Dodd. He was in World War II. He was a medic. He was a conscientious objector. He did not want to carry a weapon. He was one of the only soldiers in World War II who went into live combat and did not carry any firearms. And he wore his medic garb. He wore his what? Red cross patch. He had his red cross helmet. And what he did is he brought comfort and hope and healing and medicine and care to who? The wounded. And he was told, he was told when he got to the island where this great battle was, was taking place, he was told, you need to take your crosses off because they will just be used as a target. They will just be used as a target. Even though, even though, your, role, your, even though your role out there is not to fight, it is to bring hope and comfort and care too, those crosses that you wear will be a target. And that's the way it is in a spiritual battle. The wicked one, he knows he can't take away your salvation. It is assured because what? The paraclete said he will, Jesus said that the paraclete, the comforter, he will abide with you forever, forever. But he will try to steal your joy. Because he knows that you are to be filled with joy. So where does that joy come from? If we're to be complete and full of joy, and we know joy is, is a testimony to the lost world, and it, it, it's attracting to them, where does that joy come from? Next slide. We have joy because we have hope. Look what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 15, 13. He says, now may the God of what? Hope fill you with all joy 
and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of what? The Holy Spirit. You see that connection between the Spirit and joy? We have hope. In fact, the Apostle, Paul, uh, the Apostle Peter uh, says in his epistle that the hope that we have is a living hope. We don't serve a dead Savior. Jesus rose from the grave. And because he rose, we have a living hope. And my favorite verse, my favorite verse, with God, all things are possible. Thank you. All things are possible. So no matter what is going on in our lives, because we know life's tough. I'm not going to tell you life is easy. We know life is tough. But when we're going through those tough times, whether they be financial, uh, whether they be health, whether they be relationships, uh, job situations, whatever it is, when we're going through tough times, we know that we serve a living Savior and we know with God all things are possible. And when we have faith in that hope, that brings us joy. And the world doesn't have that joy. And that joy comes from the Holy Spirit. You turn on a flashlight, there's a light there, and we have joy. But you take out the batteries, guess what happens to the flashlight? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So we have a hope that the world doesn't have. Because with God, all things are possible. And you have to believe that no matter where you are, no matter what situation you're in, Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. But we also have joy because of something else. Next slide. We have joy because there is no condemnation. No matter what you've done in the past, you, you might be sitting there thinking, you know, Chuck, I hear what you're saying, but I did this. You can insert, insert whatever it is. Um, I, I made this mistake. I made this poor choice. And, you know, it's, it's just over for me. I mean, I believe I'm saved, but, but I can't believe God's going to be doing anything in my life. Um, that's, that's a condemnation that is not for you. It's not for you. Because when you walk with the Spirit and you're moving forward, He is, the Holy Spirit is not looking back. Because when you have confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believed in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, any mistakes you made, you want to insert there? Anything you want to insert there that you did wrong, any mistakes, any failures, bad choices, that was put on the cross and Jesus paid it all. So look what he says, the Apostle Paul. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And this, this goes right along with what it says in Galatians. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the what? Spirit. He's then referring to the Spirit again. And finally, there's joy in loving service. When he, in Galatians, when he talked about walking in the Spirit and when he talked about the fruit of the Spirit, right in the middle, sandwiched in there, is he says, but through love, serve one another. 
There is a joy that comes from when you realize and you know and you believe deep in your heart that you have a hope that goes beyond this particular circumstance or this particular situation and you know that there is no condemnation when you are close to him and you are spending time with him in his word and prayer and you are being led by him when that is going on and then he leads you and strengthens you to serve in some capacity. I don't care what it is. It could be changing diapers in the nursery. It can be teaching a Sunday school class to adults or teenagers or children. It can be helping with June Jamboree. It can be helping uh, in the parking lot. It can be helping in visitation. It can be helping with the seniors. When you serve and take care of the body of Christ, there's a joy that comes from it. There's a joy that comes from it. And I, I want all to experience, uh, you know, I'll be very transparent to you. I, while I teach here and I attend here, I, I, I don't get paid by the church. I don't, I, I, the, my, I, my economic uh, reality is I, get, I go to work and I get a paycheck. And I, but I love to see people come here and grow and serve because I know that it will bring them joy. It's part of bringing them joy. And when they get to a period when a believer understands this hope and this lack of condemnation that he has or she has, and then they turn it into service, there is an incredible joy that happens. I, um, when I was preparing for this message, um, Pastor Ken, he, he usually gives me a lot of time to uh, prepare, you know, because he plans a series Usually before he's done with the series, he, know, he knows another series is going to do and he's got all six or eight lessons titled out. So he, he plans a long time and he said, could you speak this particular week? Because he knew he was going to be away at his daughter's graduation. And um, I said, sure, Ken, you know, I'll, I'll fill in, no problem. I said, is some, and I, I always ask him, do you want me to speak on something? Sometimes he says, oh, no, you can do whatever you want. Or sometimes he's like, I, I want you to just preach on something specific. And I'm like, that's fine. Just let me know. And he says, well, I'm going to be in the, in the series, uh, The Fruit of the Spirit. Uh, so you're going to get one of those. And it's interesting when he said that, my, th- my first thought, and I'm being transparent and honest with you, I said, Oh, I hope he doesn't ask me to do joy. I, I swear, that was my first thought. And the reason why I thought that, in my last couple minutes of the sermon, I'm going to talk about myself a little bit. The reason I thought that is I really, throughout my life, struggled with joy. I did. I mean, I wasn't grumpy or mean or complaining or a miserable, toxic person, but I always felt 
when I examined, when I, when I stayed close to the Lord and I walked with him and, and I was walking in the spirit, I, I wasn't perfect, but our proximity was close. I, 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 I felt like when we look at the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, I felt like, I felt like peace was like this big giant watermelon. And love was like this honeydew melon. And kindness was this cantaloupe. And then when I looked at joy, it was like a raisin. It was there. It was present. It was, it was a fruit, right? Raisin's a fruit, right? It's a grape. But I felt like it was this very small piece of fruit. And it was all dried up. And I, str- I struggled with joy so much. So much. And it was interesting when I met with Pastor Ken, he came to one of the men's Bible studies and we went through the Bible study. And I said, okay, what do you want me to preach on? And he says, well, he says, I'm gonna finish uh, the, the collision series with Christ on this date and then I'm gonna fr- start fruit of, the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit on Mother's Day and I'm gonna start with love and then so yours would be joy. And I was like, wow, I just... I said, okay, I was, I was, I was looking at him and, he, you know, me and Pastor, uh, Pastor Ken knows me pretty well. We've known each other for a long time and he looked at me and he goes, do you want to do peace? <laughs> and I, and I was like, he goes, you can do peace and then I'll just circle back to joy. And I said, no, I, I'm going to do joy. I'm going to do joy just because I struggled with it my whole life. Um, doesn't mean I felt I felt like God wanted me to do joy. It was something I was afraid to do, <laughs> and uh, so I did joy and I prepared for it. And here here's why I struggled with joy too much, uh, so much, is I really let things in my life steal my joy. I let things steal my joy. Um. There was a time in my life, um, um, and it's not unique to me. Uh, just had, I, you know, I mentioned my mom had lung cancer. This is a tough time. And I had, uh, my middle son had some horrible health issues for almost a half a decade where his knees would dislocate almost every week. And he, he had to have two major surgeries and he had don't he had to have donor ligaments and his knees reshaped and his femur reattached and it was installed paid pump and you know to watch your kid for five years go through that torment was hard i mean it's just it's hard you know i had career i had career setbacks and career successes and relationship issues and uh, just like everyone else there's nothing it was, it's no different. We all, we all have those issues. And what I would do is, rather than staying close and walking with the Spirit, you know, I would kind of move away and I didn't spend the time in prayer or reading my Bible or, 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 or being led by Him. Sometimes, sometimes the difficulties of life can, can rob us of our joy. And theologically, I knew it. I, I knew the importance. I, w- I can remember praying so many times, Lord, I, I know David's prayer where he says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. 
so that I might teach sinners your way and they might be converted unto them. And I, and I knew it and I was like, struggled with it so much. And it wasn't, it wasn't until I surrendered my, I, I surrendered my life to him but I, uh, a long time ago. But I came to realize there's things I can't control. I just can't control them. I can't control people. I can't control health events. I can't, con- I can't control job situations. I, there's, I, the, the older I get, the more I realize control's an illusion. And I just have to surrender to the will of God. And then I had to look to his, the hope that I have. When, when I find myself now in what used to steal my joy, when I find myself in a situation that would steal my joy in the past, I first say to myself, God, with you, all things are possible. And that you will work all things together for good. Because while I'm not perfect, I love you and I am called according to your purpose. So you will take these things in my life and somehow, somewhere, some way, turn them into good. I don't see it but by faith, I have hope that you will do it because you've always kept your word. When I see it in the Bible, over and over, in fact, scripture says, God cannot lie. So even though I'm in a difficult situation, I hold on to that hope. And in those situations, the wicked one will always condemn me. Oh, all these mistakes you made. 54 years. Trust me, the older you get, the longer the list gets. But yet there's no condemnation. When, when, I, when I walk with, when I am walking with the Spirit and we are spending time together, if I'm running through South Park and walking through South Park, uh, some of the guys know, uh, it's not unusual to see me in South Park at four o'clock in the morning walking the trail. And when I'm there walking, there is no condemnation. Because anything that I did, and this, is, this goes for you too, not just me, anything, any shortcomings, any errors, any sins, they have been forgotten. Scripture says, separated as far as the east is from the west. And we walk, me and the Lord walk forward at the pace by which he knows I can walk. Because he, as he said, will abide with me forever. He's not going to run 10 miles in front of me and leave me all by myself. The paraclete stays in close proximity as we stay close to him. And as we serve, as we serve, we, a joy grows in us. And many people don't know here, I, I do speak outside of Library Baptist Church or Crossroads Ministries. Um, I, I speak at other events. And, and this goes to the joy of serving. And I have the gift of teaching. That's, that I know. And that's what I do. That's how I serve the body. That might not be your gift. You have some gift. The scripture says you have some gift. If you have the indwelling spirit in you, you have some gift. And When you use that gift and the spirit flows through you, 
I promise you, I promise you that you will feel the joy of the Lord. And as I held on to his hope, I shed off condemnation and I served him with the gift of the Spirit that he graciously given me as I did those things. Who here has ever seen the movie The Grinch Who Has Stolen Christmas, right? The Grinch. Remember the Grinch's heart? How tiny it was? When you have hope, a living hope, and when you are not under condemnation, and when you are lovingly serving his body, it has been my experience and my testimony that all of a sudden, that dried up raisin of joy, that fruit of the Spirit, it grew. It grew. And what I don't want for anyone in this room, that that almost took me 50 years to learn. I want you to learn that young. When I look out here and I see young people, I want you to learn this principle so early in your life because I don't want you to have a dried up raisin for joy for five decades. I don't want that for you. So trust in him, receive him. Believe in the hope that he has given us. Shed that condemnation and serve his body and feel the Holy Spirit build up the joy in your heart because he wants your joy to be complete and full so that you can bring that joy and completeness and that full joy to the lost world and they will want it. They will want it. Let's pray. As every head is bowed, I always, I always ask each person here, young, young to old, to examine yourself. Has there been a time where you have professed with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead? If you say no to that question, um, the Spirit does not live in you. And the Spirit is where the joy flows from. And you say, you know what, Chuck, I, I want that joy. I need that joy. I need that hope, that lack of condemnation. I need that. I want you to pray this prayer from, from your heart to the Father. Just pray this prayer. Dear God, I believe in your Son, Jesus Christ. I say to this day that he is Lord of my life. And I declare that he rose from the dead. Come and live inside of me and walk with me as I walk through life. Scripture says if you prayed that prayer, that the spirit of the living God, the Father in Christ, has made his home in you. And you can begin to experience the joy that he talked about. But for the most part, many are believers here today. I know that. But maybe you've lost your joy. Maybe, maybe you're not filled with joy. Maybe you've let things steal your joy. Just take a moment to examine yourself. Have, have you lost hope? Or are you living in condemnation? Or 
maybe you just felt like you weren't worthy enough to serve or you weren't able to serve in some capacity the body here just examine yourself and let the spirit guide you and if you've lost hope just pray to him and say Lord I lost hope but I heard the sermon today and I know with you all things are possible and I'm going to have hope again and I mean you're going to talk and um, spend time in your word and just help me to follow your leading and I want to walk with you so that my joy is restored dear God as your body is speaking to you I just pray that uh, your word would be deep in the hearts of your body here today and that you would just encourage them through the tough times in life to hold on to their joy and I thank you uh, for the body who came out here today and take, took their time and uh, Lord we just praise you and, and, and always seek your will and your glory and we thank you for your son Jesus Christ and we pray these things in Jesus name Amen Amen would you stand in response and sing I'll stand we love Zion our abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all I'll stand my soul Lord to you surrender all I am is yours oh, stand. so I'll stand we love Zion our abandoned We'll see you next week. We love you. Have a great weekend.